Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Good morning, everybody. My name is Mark Pope. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. I, yeah, hey, that's nice of you. Also, I want to say hi to Grape Road folks up there. Happy Easter, you guys. Hope you're having a good morning up there. Uh, here at Jackson, we're all kind of packed in here, pretty packed. Be nice to each other. Anybody need a breath mint? Sorry. I, anyway, uh, that little bumper video is a promotion of a series that we're going to start next week, so I want to give you just a couple minutes on what we're going to begin next week. There's a Bible verse in Jeremiah. uh, It says, do not run. Here's the counsel of God. Ready? Here's God's advice. Do not run until your feet are bare and your throat is dry. So take a look at that verse. How are you doing at that? I know most of us are like, nah, I'm good. I haven't run in like six years. But if you could broaden the idea there, how are you doing specifically at the pace of your life? Eh? I think sometimes it's really easy to go, 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 and not have the proper amount of gaps or breaks so that we don't do foolish you know, sometimes you go, 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 and then you realize, whoops, 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 I messed up because we didn't have the right pace. It can happen to us physically. It can happen to us financially, right? You just kind of go, 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 and you don't have margin to make good decisions. It can happen relationally. By the way, I think we're living in a culture, you know, it's just go, go, go. It may not be that you're working 50 or 60 hours a week and have four kids and all that. Also, it could be... Uh, just with media, the phone's always buzzing. Uh, if you sit down to watch Netflix or Hulu, you can get to the, you plan on watching one episode. Yeah, how's that going for you? Because we've created a culture where it will, you know, you'll get to the end and then it'll take you right on to the next one. And four days later, you emerge from your Netflix tomb. No, okay, so to, uh, to navigate the world well, we're going to have to make sure we pay attention to our pace. And so it's starting a series next week. It's called Margin, Making Space for the Life that Works. I think it'll be super important and relevant. So great series to invite a friend to as well. So that's a little bit about what's coming over the next few weeks. Today we're going to be in John chapter 20. We're going to look at a portion of the resurrection story For an introductory thought, here's a question for you to consider. What are you like when you wake up? Some possible examples will come up on the screen. Here's happy guy. Any of you that way? Got any morning people in the room? Great road. Any morning people up? Oh, yeah. We don't like you, but hey, welcome. (laughs) Uh, Next one's not quite as happy. 
It's another approach to how do you feel in the morning. The third one is a little extreme. Check out this meme. It says, sometimes people want to have full conversations really early in the morning, and it's okay to kill those people. Well, some thoughts about morning, but basically it's a, it's a quick jump into our topic today. We're going to explore what Jesus was like resurrection morning. And I had a couple thoughts right away. Um, first one was, I wonder if he was a little cranky. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but if you didn't know what all went, happened, what all happened in Jesus' life, and you approached him resurrection morning, and you didn't know him, and you'd say, hey, so hi, my name's Mark, hi, so how was your week? <laughs> hi, you know what, can you give me just a little more microphone, just in case, or just at least pay attention to that, because I know we got a lot of people, and I want to make, uh... so anyway, boy, his week, it started off good uh, with it would have been Palm Sunday, and if you're unaware, the week before the crucifixion, initially it started out great because everybody was real happy to see Jesus, and they're like, yay, we like you. This is paraphrased, but yay, Jesus. But it went downhill from there. One of his good friends betrayed him. All of his good friends denied him. Then he was condemned through a fake trial, uh, ultimately then passed off to groups of soldiers to beat him, then hung on a cross to die. Bad, that's a bad week. If you could ask Jesus resurrection morning, he might even say, I haven't had a breath in three days. How about you? Bad, it's bad, bad Weak. So who knows, maybe he was, had that attitude. I tend to think after thinking about it a little more, he probably was a lot more positive than that because he just accomplished the greatest assignment in human history to make a way for sinful people like, uh, can I include you in it? Me, us. To make a way to pay the price for sin. He took on sin and death, took off the devil. Some of, he took on the devil. Some of you know that theological reality and won. And then in Philippians chapter 2, this talks a little bit about his destiny after the resurrection. It says, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. So resurrection morning, Jesus would have known his destiny. It's good. I wonder if he was not super excited. Yeah. Resurrection morning. Well, we don't know for sure exactly what was going on in his head, but what we're going to do today is explore and some of the attitudes or the things that he did resurrection morning. And here's a couple reasons this is important. First Bible verse, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I am so glad that he doesn't change all the time. But actually, what, actually what we're going to see today is he's a lot like he was before, when he uh, is raised from the dead. He's still a lot like he was before he was raised from the dead. And we can be sure that the things that we study today are what he's going to be like in the future. The other verse 
In Hebrews 1, it says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. If we want to know what God is like, study Jesus. So that's what we're going to do today. In John 20, here's the setting. Early Easter morning, it's before dark, a woman named Mary goes to check out the tomb. She's actually taking some spices to honor Jesus' body, to take care of his, what she thinks is still dead, body. And when she gets there, she finds the stone is rolled away, and she doesn't know what's going on. She eventually tells the disciples, a couple disciples, sprint or run to the cemetery, and when they get there, they're also, well, where's the body? They don't know. And so uh, they're basically, at this point, there's confusion. What is going on? And we'll pick it up in verse 10, where it says, the disciples went back to where they were staying, and Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. And he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have, have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, exclamation point. So the title of the talk this weekend is Easter 2019, Jesus on Resurrection Morning. And I have two things, observations from this text uh, that I think are important. If, even if you're just exploring Jesus, if you will pay attention to these things, it'll help you get a jump start in a relationship with God. And even if you've been a Christian for a while, I would tell you, uh, these kinds of things are foundational for a vibrant relationship with God. So let me pray, and I'll give you a couple things to think about. Father, I pray for all those listening, uh, <laughs> mostly, God, that in the midst of my words, you would speak and that you would be the teacher. If I just stand up here and talk, it, will, it won't be great. But if you will engage in this with us, it'll be good. So we welcome you as our teacher today. In Jesus' name, amen. Two ideas from the text. Ready? You ready? We're ready. And four people are ready. Write this first one down. It says, Jesus on resurrection morning is still spiritually subtle. Spiritually subtle. And I, you can write out to the side of that, I almost used the word sneaky. He's kind of sneaky. 
So I notice in the text that when he shows up initially, he, he doesn't show, you would think he's the resurrected Lord of the universe and he would be like, ta-da, I'm back. But instead, there's a process to this reveal of who he is. So in Mary's case, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. And then Jesus uh, ends up saying in verse 15, he like enters into this dialogue. She's already been asked once, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And then it's like Jesus goes, hey, so what, who, are you, who are you looking for? He knows who she's looking for. It's this idea of, am I, am I too loud? Does it feel too loud? Is it working for you? All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Just, I just want to be sensitive to you guys. Don't want to be hurting anybody on Easter morning. I lost my train of thought. Did you realize that? Are you with me? So it's this slow reveal. And just to be clear, this is not just one time in the resurrection story. If you take a look at uh, John 24, this is later the same day. There are a couple disciples. They know who Jesus is. They're walking along a road, and they're discussing what in the world went on this last week. They're aware of all this. And it says in verse 20, in verse 15, it says, As they walked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and... Look, he just walked along with them. Just, and, and if you look at the process, oh, he walks with them and he kind of plays along with the conversation. This is paraphrased, but he, he walks up and he's like, hey, what's going on? And they respond. You should read, read the story. They're like, are you the only one who doesn't know what's going on? There's been all this stuff going on. He's like, what? I don't know what. What's been going on? I don't know why. So he, he just has this conversation. And then as the conversation progresses, he asks some questions. And then he starts to interject some truth. He ends up saying to them, well, how about this? And, and well, oh, you, you should know these scriptures. And he starts this, rev, this reveal, this revelation of, no, the Savior, did you know the Savior had to die on a cross? Blah, blah, blah. And it's not until the end of the day when they're having dinner, it says, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him. I imagine him going, dang, that was Jesus the whole time. What are you doing that to me for? Because he's just this slow, this thing, this slow process of revelation. I'm going to go on a little tangent here. First time ever. Thanks, I appreciate your encouragement. Um, I was thinking of the difference between Jesus and a lot of people with incredible power. I was started to think, uh, had random thoughts about superheroes. And you know, most of the time, if a superhero shows up, he doesn't show up, he or she, they don't show up in a silent calm. They show up in a big way. So here's some images of some superheroes, like Superman. If Superman shows up, everybody knows, it's, that's me. Okay, no, there it is. Superman, right? Because he comes in with the giant S on his chest. And everybody goes, no, that's Superman. Or, or the Hulk, we all know when he shows up because he turns green. Um, 
Spider-Man's got the, got the whole outfit thing, so everybody knows it's Spider-Man. The next guy, the Thor character, uh, Chris, what's his name? Yeah, all the ladies know. <laughs> Can I, I'm going to go on a little personal talent t- uh, tangent right now. Are you ready about this Chris guy? I don't like him a bit. <laughs> I think he's ugly. Because I've been in the room when we've watched these movies, and, and it seems like all the ladies in my family go, oh, that's Chris. I'm like, shut up. I'm right. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, look at that hair. Oh, now his hair's cut. Oh, it looks good then, too. Yeah, he can do no wrong. <laughs> Gee whiz, who is this guy? Anyway, sorry, I'm back. But men, can we just agree that that guy should just gain some weight or something? <laughs> well, I like him a bit. Quit working out. Jeez. Okay. So anyway, when Chris, when Chris blah, blah, blah shows up, all those superheroes, they show up in this giant, huge, big way. I'm going I'm to show a little video clip now. You don't have to have known the movie. It's uh, one of the Thor movies. And, and Chris, whatever, Thor guy, he shows up. But he's, it looks like in this part of the film that he's going to die. But instead, he gets this revelation that he is the god of thunder. And this is how he arrives on the scene. Watch this clip. There's about 16 people right now going, can't we just watch the movie? (laughs) I know. But here's what I want to say about that compared to who Jesus Christ is. Here's what I would say. Most of the time, most of the time, every once in a while there's an exception. Most of the time, that is not the way Jesus shows up in a situation. Most of the time, we're doing theology here. If you want to know about God, most of the time, he doesn't show up like that. You know what he does? He walks up next to you. He says, what you talking about? He says, how's that going? He might say, looks like you need some help. He, he enters this dialogue with this process of revealing his power. Now, every once in a while, I would say, now I've been a Christian for for quite a a long time, and there are times he will show up in huge, big, supernatural ways. Most of the time, if you want to know who God is, he's pretty subtle. You can write this on your handout. Even when Jesus is the resurrected Lord of all, by the way, that's what he is. He's, he's, he's all that he'll make, he'll make the Thor movie look like nothing when we understand who he is. By the way, the se- he, he's come once as a, as a humble Savior. When he comes the second time, it, it'll, it'll be something. But anyway, even when Jesus is the resurrected Lord of all, he does not force his identity down our throat. That's not a great way to put it, but you know what I mean. So some practical things to consider here. These are fill in the blanks as well. Don't wait... When it comes to relationship with God, if you're exploring Jesus or if you're going to walk with God, please don't wait for a light show. 
Don't create a spiritual life that is dependent on God doing some, that thing that you want him to do that's, you know, breaking through. By the way, the Bible describes clearly that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. Some of you know that Bible verse. He stands at the door and he knocks. And it goes on to talk about our responsibility. It's for anyone who opens the door. He does not come to your door and kick it down. Sorry, that was really bad, wasn't it? Probably won't do that next service. Just thinking. Right? It's just, but he, he just comes up and he says, calls you by name, says, what's going on? He says, and I can give you some direction. All of that is to then bring the great revelation of who he is, which, by the way, he is powerful. Man. Okay, so don't wait for a light show. The second idea uh, in this point here, pay attention to your spiritual life. It's pretty quick here. But because he's subtle, if we do not pay attention, we will miss him. We'll miss him. I especially want to emphasize this for those of you who've been Christians for a while. Don't forget, even though now as we know him better, don't forget to stay spiritually sensitive. Because I think oftentimes God does repeat performances. Yes, he came up next to you, and yes, he's had conversations with you. But you know what he may want to do today or this week? He may want to come up alongside of you again and say, you know what, I got another talk I want to talk to you about. So, yes, you've learned this. Yes, you've done this. Can we talk about this? Does that make sense? This should be a never-ending process in the life of a Christian. And the last idea to wrap up this point, I'm not going to have fun saying this, but it's true. God is fairly okay without you. And this has to do with this subtle God. I could, I could stack verse after verse. Here's the deal. He'll come up. He'll call you by name. He'll invite you into conversation. He'll knock on the door. But if we refuse to open the door, and I'm, I'm no, I probably won't say this perfectly, but I just want you to know, he'll be okay tomorrow without you. He will not stop the universe waiting for us. We are not all that special. Some of you are like, I thought I was special. Not that special. Does that, I, and I think we're living in a world sometimes where, where this is an important thought. If we, we mistakenly, by the way, this is our tendencies, we tend to think too much about ourselves. We're too self-centered. And, and God is, here's, here's an idea. Oh, I want to make sure I do this right. God has love, compassion. Come on. He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sin. He has done all of this work to express to us he wants us. But when we start to think, well, I want more. I want him to do this. I want him to do this. Just so you know, God does not submit himself to the will of human beings. He is above that. He's existed long before he created us. He'll exist forever into eternity. He's going to make it through the next days, whether I respond to him or not. Does that, how many of you glad you came? How do you feel happy about yourself today? But it's true. 
It's really true. And so you know what that does for me? It gives me a healthy understanding of what the Bible would call the fear of the Lord. Like, so I should pay attention to God? Yeah, you should. Okay, so that first idea was Jesus on resurrection, morn- resurrection morning was is still spiritually subtle. And uh, before we jump to point two, just a couple of classes that I want to promote. If you're, especially if you're new to exploring Jesus, maybe you're not a Christian or you, you're, you're trying to figure out what that is, here's some, come to the Newcomers Cookout. We have one uh, at both locations uh, this next weekend. At Grape Road, uh, we're going to do a workshop soon in May. It's called Creating Your Spiritual Growth Plan. It is a great, it's just, I think, a two-hour chunk. Maybe it's an hour and a half. But we have seen so many people, when you take some time, take a look at where you're at spiritually, you'll come out of that with next steps on how you can have a vibrant spiritual life. Also, we have uh, here at Jackson Road a class called Starting Point, so pay attention to uh, your program and the vineyard.info. Okay, let's get to the second point. Second idea, Jesus on resurrection morning is significantly relationally driven. He, he relationally driven. I think the last point kind of ended up with he, he's okay without us, but there's also text, part of this text that reminds me of how much he is personal with people. So in the dialogue with Mary, he starts with, who you looking for, and then he goes to her personal name. And it's a transition point. He says, Mary, right, so who are you looking for? And he says, and I personally think he said it with an inflection that immediately she went, I know that voice. So it's, you know, Mary. It's like, oh, that's, you're the Lord. He's personal. That was verse 16. In verse 17 then, this also strikes me. Part of the assignment to Mary, he says to Mary, go instead to my, say it with me, my brothers. Now, if I were Jesus, I would have said, go get those boogers who left me alone three days ago. They said they would follow me no matter what, but they did. Does that, boogers, that's a theological word, booger. (laughs) But instead, this is important. This is so important. Instead, this is the grace of God. He should have said, and go find me some new disciples because those guys didn't cut it. Really? Instead, he said, go tell my brothers. There's another in another one of the Gospels. It's the first assignment that comes out of the angel's mouth. A messenger says, go and tell the brothers to go to Jerusalem, I think it is, and Jesus wants to meet with them there. That's amazing. You can write this down. Jesus isn't just an amazing forgiver. He is a heartfelt connector. If you are a Christian, if you've asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, that transitions you because of the work of the cross, because of Christ's blood that was shed for you, you are now a son or daughter of God, and that is a covenant that we, it's a covenant. And by the way, I don't think we understand covenant very well culturally anymore, because our covenants, most of, most of us have observed covenants that really weren't covenants, 
They were just promises we didn't keep. They were like, okay, we'll stay together till death do us part, or you become irritating, <laughs> or you're unfaithful, or I'll be. Does that make sense? Covenant is God is God is different. <laughs> Here's something for you. God's different than us. He is. And when he makes a covenant, when he made that sacrifice, and then when we by faith say, Jesus, I need you, that is a connection that is, that is unlike what we usually see. It makes you his son, his daughter, and not his booger who messes up. Even when we mess up, then his mercy kicks in and, and regularly when he should say something else about you, he says, that's my son. Come here. That's my daughter. He calls you by name. He's amazing. He is amazing. So we're going to end our Easter message time with an idea of hope to all the boogers in the room and all the boogers at Grape Road. Hey, Grape Road, you're boogers too. <laughs> and, the idea, <laughs> and the idea is this. In a, in a moment, I'll uh, release Grape Road and you guys can do some ministry time. But what we're going to do is we're going to move into a time where we're going to pause and have some silence and we're going to give God some opportunity to, ready, to call us by name and re either reaffirm his love for us or invite some of us maybe to trust Jesus for the first time. All right? So I'll pass this back to Grape Road. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.